not all that long ago in the nether reaches of ad infinitum there formed a fearless council of explorers who had grown bored with perfection infinity and all the trappings of those who art in heaven talk about a beginning jumbo fellow adventurer i'm mike dooley a writer speaker teacher on the nature of reality specifically helping people understand how to live deliberately and to create consciously welcome to my spiritual tune-ups podcast where in this edition you're about to hear a mini manifesting workshop the title says it all every single tuesday morning i broadcast a live mini manifesting workshop and i've been doing it for years and years for my thousands and thousands of infinite possibility members with the catalog we have and the archive running very deep we've decided to start sharing these globally to podcast listeners if this mini manifesting workshop references a PDF download to accompany the workshop with an interactive exercise, you can find your copy at club.tut.com slash PDF. Club.tut.com slash PDF. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this mini manifesting workshop, one of the features of our Spiritual Tune-Ups podcast. Tally-ho, amigo, your thoughts become things, and you are utterly adored. Jambo, fellow Infinite Possibility members, it's Mike Dooley broadcasting live once again in Manzanillo, and it is such a thrill and honor to be with you. Two weeks ago, the assignment was to kind of meditate on, dwell upon ecstasy and euphoria. You know, and, and I've been doing it religiously every weekday. And uh, last week I checked in to see how things were going. Uh, in the last seven days, I've had three truly elated moments. And as I said during the meditation talk, they didn't come when I was, you know, oming lotus style. You know, I was one time out, in downtown Manzanillo with a car full of kids, I mean full, like you wouldn't believe, uh, noise, laughter, pinching, crying, and I was just overcome with elation. It was just like this euphoria. It was so cool. Um, another time, I was out running, uh, and I, I, I bring up both of those examples because both times I was not in the house. I was not sitting around. I was not trying to just summon it. I was out living my life. And that's one of the most important things with regard to all metaphysical, spiritual practices, meditation, visualization, law of attraction. you got to go out there and meet the universe. The universe will more than meet you halfway. Your part is the easy part, the universe. Life's magic does the heavy lifting. I also wanted to check in on your homework assignment from last week. Did you lean into push yourself into believing that which you want to believe, that you're an unlimited gladiator of love and joy, that all things are possible, that you can and do all day long transcend the illusions. They're happening within you. For me, I'm leaning into enlightenment, um, euphoria, um, clarity of thought, a stillness of the mind, wordless feelings. Did you lean into whatever it is you wanted to lean into? It feels silly. It feels like make-believe at first, but this is the beginning of receiving. 
Playing make-believe is the fastest way to believing. Believing is the fastest way to receiving. So I urge you always, whatever it is you want to do, be, or have, whatever it is you want to feel or experience, playfully pretend in your mind that it is already happening and circumstances and players in your life will begin shifting around. So I hope you were serious when you thought about whatever it is you wanted. Healing, abundance, friends, laughter, change of scenery, because you're going to get it. So as we continue our dive inward, which is the theme of this month, uh, today's topic is channeling. It's like channeling 101, but I've got some spice to make it a little more interesting for those of you who totally know what channeling is. Some of you don't, so we're going to start with an even keel, which is so important because there's so many presumptions about what channeling is. Much of it is not relevant and not even helpful. So channeling, what is it? How to do it? First off, as I was just saying, much like meditation, particularly in the West, there are some funny ideas pertaining to it. So, so I want to nix those right away. And I think right off, what I want to do is say that, um, you know, channeling isn't, you know, a cult. Channeling isn't weird. Channeling isn't strange. Channeling isn't rare. Channeling is evidence of our connection to everything, to everyone, to every time, and to every place. And I, I like to say that we are always everywhere at once. We came first before the illusions of time and space. You came first. And so now that you're in the soup of things doesn't mean that you've been relegated to some little intersection, you know, on planet Earth. You're still everywhere always at once, but with a heightened focus on the here and now. And what channeling is very simply is the ability to get a little bit removed from the logical part of your mind that's so wired to coordinates and cause and effect and the physical circumstances of your life, that you're able to remember, absorb, attract additional insights given your multi-dimensional existence. Now, I don't know if you can hear the Christmas carols because they're playing out by the pool. I don't know if you can hear the weed blowers and the weed whackers, but you know, it's part of living in paradise here. So we'll make do. The channeling is evidence of our connection to all places, all times, all people. And there's some really clear examples of it uh, chronicled by many of my peers, if I can call them that. I was first introduced in a big way to metaphysical thinking through the works of Jane Roberts, who channeled the Seth material. And I'll never forget mom saying, you know, I've read these books. They're unbelievable. Mike, I was in college. Mike, you have to read them. And she mailed them to me. No internet at the time, no ebooks at the time with post-it notes on them. You have to read this. And I remember thinking, mom, I'm a little worried about you. Uh, this lady's going into trance, you say. Her husband takes longhand dictation and, and you are all excited about the information that Seth has to share. Um, and she said, forget its source read what Seth has to say about time, space, and reality as we know it. I had no choice. I read what Seth had to say, and my life has never been the same since. I was 19, 20 years old, and my life has been a nonstop exploration into truth, into reality, 
into living deliberately and creating consciously thanks to your dictated through channel by Jane Roberts. You can look up Jane Roberts books at Amazon or anywhere else. Jane Roberts is the author. Look for anything titled with set, S-E-T-H in it. Then I read Richard Bach, Illusions, and Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Richard Bach, the author, was so freaked out by the source of his books that he went and contacted Jane Roberts and had a session with Seth. And Seth said, I am looking at the author. You wrote Jonathan Livingston Siegel. It's just that you are more than you've ever given yourself credit to be heretofore. And, and this is what we have access to. Other realms and dimensions and intelligence that is our own, yet so alien to us because of our precise focus here and now, we think it's not of us. But with a little practice, we come to terms with it and we understand that we're all nonstop channelers. Some other famous examples of amazing channeled work. Abraham Hicks material. Um, Esther Hicks channels Abraham. Uh, Ramtha channeled by Jay-Z Knight. Emmanuel channeled, I'm not sure who the author is. Um, let me see my list here. Uh, Lee Harris, we just had him speak and he did some channeling on the stage at Solapalooza in Southern California. Um, we there are endless examples of it. And if you don't mind me saying this, uh, you know, I'm not a Bible toter. I'm not a religious person, but I do recognize beauty in many, many, many passages of the Bible uh, and in other holy books. Uh, and it is these gospels that were channeled. Now, you know, that's my take on it. These gospels were channeled. That doesn't mean that they had some gift that we don't have. It just means that there were some highly enlightened disciples of the man, the God being Jesus, who were also adept at being able to calm the logical mind, perhaps through meditation, perhaps through a long walk, perhaps driving through Manzanillo with screaming kids in the back. And they were able to allow additional information. So examples are everywhere. And typically, channeling is best known when somebody is channeling their higher self or their spiritual family. But it doesn't stop there. Okay. You may know of the book that I did as co-author with Tracy Farquhar, a dear friend and gifted intuitive psychic medium. She channeled Frank. I won't go too deep into Frank right now. That's a tangent. But Frank is not from the other side of the veil. Frank is a collective of beings from another planet in this time and this space. Tracy was able to pick them up. They had the intention to be received, to transmit to a receiver, to look for a world where others were going through what they went through, a near breakdown of their civilization. They came up and rose beyond it to dazzling heights. And they wanted to be of service to anyone in the universe who wanted to receive it. And Tracy picked up the call. And I do the whole book questions and answers while Tracy's in trance dictating for Frank. So here we have an example of channeling that is not from the other side of the veil, but from another point in time and space, this time, this space. And it doesn't stop there. Often it's said that you can pick up your own spiritual family members, right? You've heard that probably. 
You know, that's how Tracy and Frank were connected, they said. Um, Seth was connected to Jane Roberts and on and on and on and on. But what is a medium? You're bereaved, you're heartbroken, you're mourning the loss of someone. You go to a psychic medium and they say, oh, Aunt Betty's here. And she said that the chocolate cookies that manifested in the backseat of your car were from her. It's like that medium, that psychic is very not likely in the spiritual family of Aunt Betty, but yet they're able to tune in. The bottom line is you can tune into anyone, anyhow, any place, anytime that you want to. And as I said several sessions ago, you know, anybody that's ever passed, you think of them and they're there because of their multidimensional nature. And so it's not unlikely that when you feel someone's around, that someone is around. Now, we are all safeguarded. Okay, we're not vulnerable to physical people and we're not vulnerable to spiritual energy. So fear not that somebody's trying to watch you take a shower, okay? There's a book with that title in Europe, you know, can dead people watch you take a shower? Um, the answer would be no, nothing that you don't acquiesce to. Okay, we are all protected. We are all God particles. We all are playing this game on the condition that we can prevail, we can rise above, that we can do it our way, and that no one can interfere with us. Now, I'm sure most on the other side would have better things to do than watch us take a shower. But the point now that I'm making is it does not have to be part of your spiritual family for, some, for you to be able to tune in to Shakespeare to Jesus, to Muhammad, to Buddha, uh, to, to anyone you wanted. And finally, one of the points, two more points that I wanted to make, it's not just authors or speakers who do channeling. Composers, athletes, and you. You gotta realize that your flesh and bone, the cells, molecule, molecules, and atoms in your brain and in your tongue are not the source of your thoughts. In, in, in addition, your desire to move across the room or to play a wicked game of tennis or to swim laps across wherever um, is not accomplished by atoms, cells, and molecules. They didn't even have the desire much less the ability to transport themselves across a tennis court or ping pong table or bowling alley. It's your essence. It's your true spirituality. It's your divine eternal nature that has desires, that has confusion, that wants answers, that asks questions, that wants to go for a run or swing the croquet mallet. And then it is also that divine energy guided by what you believe is possible, what you believe you're capable of, and what you don't believe you're capable of, that will waltz you across the ballroom, that will put you in front of the right person at the right time. Spirit flows through you and every athlete and every composer and every anybody, anytime, any age, 24-7. We are all channels 24-7. Does that mean we're all saints? Does that mean we always choose right? Does that mean there's no confusion? No. All of these things are part and parcel of the adventure. But you channel 24-7.
The final point I wanted to make before I go into some nuances and how-tos is that I think this is really, really important. Just because information received is channeled by you, by your friend, by an author whose book you're reading does not mean that it is full of light, does not mean that it is full of truth, does not mean that there isn't perhaps some misguided ill intention behind it. It depends on our own receivership and what we want to get, which is why many mediums and many people about to go in trance first make a little statement or a little prayer of wanting the best for all, summoning the highest good within themselves prior to just launching into the first words that come to your head. Now, again, you're not a magnet for just anything willy-nilly that's floating out there. You have your own radio antenna, your own vibration, your own receptivity, your own beliefs of what's out there in the unseen. And this, to, a, to a, an entire degree, will dictate the kind of information you get. But I am aware of a friend, of a friend who was working with a medium and a channel, and they were ridiculed. They were called names. They were not appreciated. Um, I have heard of an instance, and I know this from very close-hand experience, where some people were doing a Ouija board. I know Ouija is like totally a cult and it's witches and devils. Come on, you don't live in that world. Okay, so a Ouija board is one of many means through which to tap into nearby energies. What are you going to get? Well, that's going to be a function of everybody at the table, hopes, beliefs, expectations, intentions. We're going to talk a lot about that. Um, but through these Ouija boards, the command was given for a person there to violate, physically violate somebody else. I mean, it was sickening. I, I was privy to this. I have firsthand knowledge of this. So this is to say that when you tune into something, you are still responsible for weighing it, for considering it, for using your own highest judgment, considering the best for all, to decide whether or not it is actionable. Okay? Don't let that scare you. You're not vulnerable. None of us are vulnerable. You can always just change that channel and turn it off if something um, peculiar showed up. So... So no worries there, but I didn't want to just say, you know, channeling comes from your higher self and these enlightened entities on the other side or scattered around the world. And therefore, whatever you hear, you know, blindly follow it. It's like everyone has the ultimate responsibility to choose wisely for themselves, their thoughts, their words, their actions, their friends, where they hang out, what they channel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so. Now let's talk about some of the, uh, a key fundamental, and then I'm going to go into the house. Okay, what I want you to understand is, this is, this is not meant to be the exact logistics, but I want to share with you what I feel and what I've come to know. Um, and then, like all information, does it serve? Is it? speak of life's beauty and our power? Does it exclude no one? If so, it's probably pretty close to truth. I want to say 
without any education, that there are four grades that I'm going to speak to, four levels of, of information that we have access to. Our conscious mind, our subconscious mind, or call that higher self, higher self. Conscious, higher self. Subconscious has a lot of baggage. People think evil lurks in the subconscious mind. None of that's true. So consciousness, higher self. Let me do like consciousness, higher self. Other people in your spiritual family and anywhere, anyhow, anytime, any place. This is your access. Okay. So obviously, if it's your higher self, your higher self, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be immediate. It's going to be direct. And you can balance it with your conscious thoughts. Conscious, higher self, other people in your family tree. Okay. That's still you but expressing as other personalities, other egos, other adventures. So you have close access to, to anything you want to learn now that someone in your family tree has learned. You know, and I don't mean your known family tree, but, but to perhaps millions of entities who are really close to you. Um, you can draw on that. Anybody that I can learn from, connected to me or beyond, for my highest and greatest good, I hereby summon. I want truth. I want empowerment. I want to see the beauty. Okay. This is how close they are to you. Not that there's any real delineation, but for practical purposes, conscious mind, higher self, spiritual family, anyone, anywhere, anyhow, anytime. Okay. Because you're everywhere always at once. You know, as I love to say, you know, there's really only you, only you and more you. This is a tangent, but I really like to believe, I, I totally do believe that we are all reincarnational aspects of one another. At some point, you know, the three degrees or seven degrees of separation, I mean, it's like we're all family. We're all the same spiritual family. So you can go here and suddenly the entire universe and beyond um, is, is at your disposal for clarity, truth, wisdom, love, beauty, depending on what your intentions are. And by default, they are good. You got the whole kit and caboodle. There's nothing you can't know. No one nowhere you can't go. So just kind of keep that in mind. But as Seth would say, there's no real delineations. It's not like hard and fast. There's these four. It all just blends together. You can go deeper and deeper and reach farther and farther. Or you could learn to be in a depth and remain conscious while going really, really far. Okay, It's like such a playground out there. But when you're going there, which is just going within, all of that is going within. You know, other reaches in outer space, that's going within. It's all going within. The treasures are untold. They are infinite. They are mind-boggling. And when it comes to wisdom alone, which is my experience, uh, virtually no question I have is unanswered. I mean, that doesn't mean I know all things, because a lot of things I don't ask questions about. And it can be the same for you, no question you ask, whether it's about finances or love, or healing, or the nature of reality, boom, knock it off. You can pull it in, or pull it out is a better way to look at it. So I wanted to just talk, kind of talk about, you know, in a sense, it's a very finite pool. It's not like there's a zillion trillion places to go. It's like, oh, come on. There's here, a little higher, a little farther, and everywhere else at your disposal. Let me talk now about what I will give you as a PDF download from today as the seven things I view as extremely helpful 
to have your own channeling experience beyond the channeling you do, you know, at a conscious level 24 seven, because, you know, this entire broadcast is me channeling to you. Okay. And the more we can bring down the defenses of logic and stop trying to pin the tail on the donkey with every cause and effect, logic, rationale, do this, go there. The more we can bring down those defenses, I'll call them, the more the territory opens up. This is what meditation in any conventional or unconventional form will bring you. Down with the defenses. Down with the defenses. So, so here are some really fun ideas to play with, and they'll be on your PDF. Number one, believe. Believe that it's possible. Convince yourself. Lean into it. Understand. Understanding is the elixir, the soothing tonic and balm of life. It reveals truth. The truth sets you free. And it enables leaving your natural state, being multidimensional everywhere, always at once. And suddenly you can't stop but to pull in great ideas, creativity, solutions, whatever your heart desires. So number one, I want you to get past any blocks you may have ever had about some people can channel and some people can't. Look, just lean into it. Rationalize it. Realize you're a spiritual being who channels const con constantly. And by relaxing a little bit more and opening yourself up to random ideas that empower and that are for the best of all involved, you will be astounded at what happens. Believe. Lean into it understand. Okay, step one. Number two, know what you want. What's the outcome? You know, it's one thing to just go into, you know, a meditative state conventionally or unconventionally, just for the peace, just to show up, just to see what appears. Do it. It's really cool. But it's another thing entirely to camp out, as I call it, with a question to have an intention, to feel that you really care about that solution, that you really care about transformation, that there's love in your heart, that there's non-resistance, that your acceptance of the universe and that which you don't like, you will change. You're not gonna fight it. This is moving into it. This is caring. This is defining your intention, okay? The intention is not to null and void something that's happened in your past that's resistance the intention is not to change somebody's mind you might it might work it might not the intention ought to be love and beauty and growth and clarity and you can frame what you want in those terms so know what you want number three is i just said the word intention intention is is not only knowing what you want Step two is a little more broad brush. I want clarity. I want peace. I want the best for all involved. I really care about this. I love it. I want to go with the universe. I want to dance life's dance. Okay, this is knowing what you want. Now, the intention is I want to improve my finances. I want to um, rejuvenate my body. I want to patch troubled waters in a relationship. You know, that is clarity. That is drilling down. Okay, you care about everyone. This is step two, uh, knowing what you want. You want balance, harmony, peace. Step three is drilling down with more specificity, intention. Number four, create a window to receive. This is so vitally important. 
create the space, whether it's through a dedicated walk on the beach where you're going to have clarity, you've got the desire, you're feeling, you know what you want, you have the intention of, you know, drilling down, you believe that it's possible. Now, where are you going to receive it? Maybe it's through journaling. Maybe it's through writing a book and doing the first draft. You want to create the space for there to be these outside ideas. This acknowledges your role in the creation. This acknowledges that something's going to follow your desire. This creates an invitation for other aspects of yourself, pure truth, beauty, clarity of thought, etc. Create the space. Oh, and here's a little example. I found an editor before I was ever published who was interested in a book once titled The Time-Space Continuum. And she said, it's really, really boring. It needs a hook. I'm like, a hook? It needs an angle. It needs to be set up. It needs a framework. And I was like, oh, what the hell is that? You know, it, in hindsight, she was so right. It needed a hook. In hindsight, she was so right. It was really boring. It was just about me postulating the nature of reality. No examples, no stories. It needed a hook. And I was aware that I wouldn't have this editor's attention for long if I didn't follow through with a hook. And nothing was coming. And so I remember so vividly, I went to the back porch of my house in Orlando, Florida, and I told myself, you are not leaving this couch until you have a hook. And I got comfortable. I've never done that with that degree of insistence, creating space, intention. Even since, I ought to remember and start doing that more often, because I always have new questions uh, and I get the answers, but you know, in a big, big way when something really, really matters and therefore there's clear and you, clarity and you know what you want. You know, this was an example of where I camped out and I remember I had a house cleaner who came once a month, thanks to mom. It wasn't mom, but she paid for it. And uh, my house cleaner was going around the house and I'm sitting out there just like, and like I was hit by lightning, it is the closest to automatic writing and channeling in a conventional sense that I have ever had when like words were just like pouring. I was like, I got to write these down. I got to write these down. I, I leapt up from the couch, threw open the sliding glass window, ran to my computer, and I wrote, not all that long ago, in the nether reaches of ad infinitum, there formed a fearless council of explorers who had grown bored with perfection, infinity. And all, what was it? And all the trappings of those who are in heaven. Talk about a beginning. And that's where Lost in Space, which, which was such a good hook, and I lost the interest of my editor anyway, was such a good hook, I made it into a little booklet that's self-published and it's still available. And it turned into an adventurous guide to the jungles of time and space. That's an example of creating space knowing what you want, believing that it's possible, intention, and a few more things still to come, which is number five, physically move. You know, physically move. You don't have to, you know, hold the paintbrush just right and paint that masterpiece. You don't have to necessarily put pen to paper, but, you know, sit on the porch, go for a drive, get out in the world, mingle. You set the intention, you put it out there, you visualize that you've gone for the walk. Now you're going to be a lightning rod physically move, preferably in the direction of receivership. But if that 
doesn't produce results the first time or a dozen times, continue to live your life in all ways and the information you seek will be forthcoming. The channeled information. <clears throat> Number six, I think this is really critical, refine. You got the information. Is it, is it what you wanted? Does it match your intention? Is it the big picture scope? Is it empowering? Is it good for all people? Just because you got it and you had the lightning rod and you shared, you performed, you danced, whatever, refine. Don't say that's it. I channeled it. It's the best. You know, I, I am forever reworking masterpieces. Um, so, you know, and, and I think there's a faculty that is too often missing for many creative types that it's like, look, I did it. This is the authentic me. It's done. You know, sometimes that's the hallmark of greatness. You know, I'm glad, you know, Picasso and Bach and these masters, you know, left it alone. I presume they did or Jane Roberts. But I think there's also room for a little bit of creative faculty, a little bit of logic, a little bit of, you know, pinching and tucking and tweaking to, to make it sing even more beautifully. You got to know when to stop, but there's a place for that. So refine is step number six. Refine that, that treasure that you just dug up. And number seven, <clears throat> use it. Use it. When you've got this information, your questions are answered. The clarity is showing up. Um, you've refined it. Use it. Publish it. Walk the walk. Talk the talk. Go out there and use that new body, that new uh, pain-free vehicle. Go out there and use what you've received. Otherwise, that implies doubt. That implies you don't care. That implies it's not important. That implies there's an absence of love in the deep, deep, deep sense. So use it. When you're ready, act on it, rely on it, collect it, save it, bottle it, do whatever you are called to do. Okay, so now your homework assignment, your challenge, if you will. I want you, if this resonates in any way, shape, or form, to get a journal if you don't already have one. And I want you, at the soonest opportunity that you can comfortably do this with attention and dedication, to sit with the printout of the six guidelines, seven guidelines I just gave you. And then in your journal, I want you to start writing some questions. This is how Neil Donald Walsh channeled conversations with God. He used to just write out his angry questions. Why is this happening to me? Why is there suffering in the world? Why, why, why? And then he wrote out answers. And you know what he thought? It's the same thing that all psychics and mediums and channels. I know many channels personally as friends. They all said the same. They all think they were just making it up. Now, that was just me. I just wrote that answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, Neil Donald Walsh stuck with it so long that eventually some of the answers he wrote down were beyond his grasp to speak on, to elaborate on. Yet he was doing it, which means all along from the beginning, even though the terrain was familiar, and he thought he was tricking himself. He was really channeling because we're all channeling all the time. And remember what he said in that bonus interview that I gave all of you folks, and it's back a few months ago. Um, Neil Donald Walsh said, uh, I said, how do you know it's not just you're not just tricking yourself when you're channeling and having this conversation with God? And he said, of course, you're he said, God uses tricks. God uses your imagination. God uses everything. It's all God. 
And you evidence this when you use what you channel. You evidence your belief in the whole system. Yeah, you know, people ask all the time, Mike, do you channel the notes? Hell yes. I used to say no. I don't channel them like Neil Donald Walsh. I channel them like Mike Dooley. And you channel in your own way. So you're, a, you're an awesome channel. You're an expert black belt at this. PhD, magna cum sum laude, whatever. Um, give yourself credit. Push yourself into it. Believe it's so obvious, it's so patently obvious that your tongue is not speaking your words, your essences. Your hands are not writing your words, your essences. And you can summon more and summon more and summon more with these seven steps I get. So I want you to write down questions in your journal. Perhaps, who am I? The immortal question, who am I? Why am I here? What do I want to experience? What do you really want to experience with your time and space. And then ask some of your own questions. You know, why does so-and-so upset me so much? Why does my big toe ache so much? Why has such and such been elusive in my life? And then write down the answers. Just write. Even if you don't know what to write, start writing. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my Infinite Possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcast. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple We've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.